Hey friends, it's Weston, and I wanted to take just a second to thank you for listening to the Bowling Green Christian Church Sermon Podcast. If someone recommended this message to you, I hope that it encourages you. If you're here getting caught up on a week you missed, I hope that it challenges you. And if you're a visitor checking us out, I hope that it helps you connect with Jesus and his church. Whoever you are, whenever you're ready to take your next step closer to Jesus or to connect with a BGCC family, know that we're here for you. You can learn more about how to connect with us by downloading our app when you text BGCC app to 77977. There in the app, you can submit prayer requests, find out about upcoming events, and even give to help support our ministry, including this podcast. It's my prayer that God uses this message to encourage and equip you to take your next best step in life, which is always one step closer to Jesus. Good morning. <laughs> I knew I could get it right eventually. There's only two choices. My name's West, and I'm so glad that you're here uh, on Easter. Man, wasn't worship great this morning? It was fantastic. Yes. They worked hard. They came here early. We're so thankful to have our praise team. They do a great job. It's good to be here. It was good to be together for Good Friday. How many of you joined us for our Good Friday service? Yeah, it was good. Um, it was really, I was really, I had a lot of positive feedback. We'd never done one before, um, and I, I enjoyed it, and I, I, I think many of you who came enjoyed it as well. But I will admit that I, I don't like Good Friday as much as I like Easter, um, I like Easter a whole lot better because really that's how the story ends. And there's something inside of us as people that we really want to have the ending of the story. We don't want the story left unfinished. There's nothing worse, in my opinion, than like giving hours and hours and hours to reading a book and then coming to the end of it and realizing that the ending it sucks like it's terrible or there isn't one at all like you're like what happened to these people like what are, like you can't leave it like this i mean it's better to have a bad ending than no ending in my opinion you want some resolution i mean have, we've all had the experience where you were watching a tv series and like it gets canceled by some network executives and you're like what happened to all these people we we don't like things left undone we like we like resolution. We like all the loose ends tied up. We don't like leaving conversations where we're like, ah, I don't really know what we decided. We want to have some conclusions. We don't, you know, we don't leave contracts open-ended. You know, we don't sign a contract and go, well, there's a lot of wiggle room in here, and that's the way we like it. No, we, we want things tied down. We want things sealed up, closed up, finished, come to an ending. We want the, the, the movie to, to answer our questions. We want the book to come to We want songs. We want songs to resolve. There's nothing worse than a song that like doesn't end on the right note and it just sort of hangs. You know what I'm talking about? It doesn't conclude. It, some of you are not musical and you're going, what are you talking about? L let me, you'll find that this is so, there'll be this visceral like feeling inside of you well up. Let's see, I don't do this for a living, so let's see what we can figure out here together. stop right there it feels bad right it feels horrible right like you're like what do you mean oh that's better right oh that's better we like that full ending right who likes this ending better than this ending some of yes you like this one better 
there's something about, I'm going to just, there's something about that that just leaves it hanging. And some of you are going, please finish. I won't. That's the point. The reason we don't like unfinished endings is because they just don't sit right with us. This is why we don't like Mark's gospel. Mark's gospel ends sort of like riding your bicycle into a wall. It's very abrupt. It's not very poetic. It leaves a lot of loose ends. That's what's Mark's gospel. Let me, let me show you what I'm talking about. Let's look at it here. Mark chapter 16. Uh, pick up in verse 1. This is where we are. It says, When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. And as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth. Who was crucified? He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there's the place they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. End of story. How do you like that? They said nothing to anyone, for terror and amazement had seized them. They were afraid. What if... What kind of ending is that? It's an ending that has bothered the church for so long that people made up other endings to the Gospel of Mark. If you look in your Bible here, I don't know if you can't see it, but maybe through the magic of television you can see it. You'll see the shorter ending of Mark with big brackets and then the longer ending of Mark. And then if you read in the footnotes, the parts you need your readers for, you get down there and you start to realize that, oh, the ancient authorities don't have these verses. Some of the oldest manuscripts don't have these verses. Well, the question then is, why are they there? How do they show up? You know, we've got all sorts of conspiracy theorists about, you know, the Bible's been modified, changed, written. This is what I love about Christian scholarship. It's very transparent. They want you to know, hey, this isn't in all of the copies. So how did it get there? Well, let me, let me tell you, I think the operating theory goes something like this, that the early churches didn't have the New Testament because it was still being collected. And so some churches just had the Gospel of Mark and maybe some of Peter's letters and maybe one of Paul's letter, and that's all they had. And can you imagine the only Gospel you have ending that way? And then maybe you get a visitor that comes, and obviously we know the story because the women told somebody, that's how we know it. And then you get somebody that comes to your church and says, oh, man, we've got Luke's gospel. It's really good because it's got an ending. And you're like, oh, well, tell me about Luke's gospel. And they're like, well, it's got these two guys, and Jesus shows up to them on the road to Emmaus. And they're like, this sounds great. And so they like, they're like, would you write it down? And they're like, here, just write it on the bottom of this one we've got. Just give a little space. That way we know that's the part you added. And they wrote it in there, and that was that. But the problem is, since you know they only have one copy and the internet doesn't exist, I know it was hard, and, and they were dealing with this, you know, eventually it gets worn out, and they said, man, we need to copy that, and you know that other church wanted to copy too, and so we'll copy it, and as they started to copy it, they're like, well, wait a second, you know, what's this part down here? It's got a space, but we always read that part, well, it must belong, and so they just put it in with the rest of it, and it got copied and sent around. That's how we ended up with alternate endings to the Gospel of Mark. But we have all of these really old manuscripts, and we know that it wasn't there in the beginning. But the reason it got there is we hate unfinished endings. Now, here's the thing. 
This is the part that's going to maybe blow all of our minds. Mark did that intentionally. Mark ended the gospel there at verse 8 on purpose. It's not like Mark ran out of paper. It's not like Mark was like, man, got a little bit more I wanted to say, but that's it. All right, here you go. They said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. The end. Uh, that's not what happened. It's not like Mark's pen broke. It's not like his publisher called him and was like, I need it right now. And he's like, you mean right now? Because I got like three more sentences I want to put on there. Like, no, right now, that's what I need. All right, if you want it right now, you get it. Mark ends it there on purpose because unfinished stories capture our imaginations. They do, they, they consume us. Don't believe me? How many of you have seen the movie Inception? Raise your hand. This is the audience participation portion of our program. Thank you so much. Awesome. Great. Amen. I see that hand in the back. Hands all around. Really? That's all Inception, the movie, Matt Damon, the mind movie. Yeah. Okay. No, more of you are being a little honest. I don't know what it's rated. It's church. It's safe. Nobody can see. Your neighbor can't see you. All right. It's okay. Go see Inception. It's a great film. Anyway, so Inception ends like with this ending and the ending gives you two choices and I don't want to ruin it for you, so I won't. But it gives you two choices, and both are really possible. And this has consumed people. I have seen, you know, entire, like, blog posts dedicated to the ending. I was talking to somebody um, about the movie, and they were like, you know, if you watch it again and you look for the particular colors, then you'll notice, and that'll clue you into the end of the movie. And I went back and watched it, and, and I'm not colorblind, but I was like, I don't see what you're talking about so i missed it but i mean people are consumed with it they talk about it they're like man let's go back and watch it again and see if we can find out why because it's an unfinished story and it just captures our imagination we want to know how it ends we want to to figure it out that's what mark is doing with the gospel he ends it right there so that we would sort of say man what happened next now you give you give the early church some some poetic license and and they'll add in things about handling snakes and drinking poison. So, you know, uh, we're going to not accept those verses as far as I'm concerned. That put some of our Appalachian brothers and sisters out of business. Sorry about that. Um, you know, no, no big deal. But, but that's the point, though, is it just consumes us. Mark does this intentionally because unfinished endings compel us to do something. When you see a story that's not finished, it compels you to do something. Sometimes it's just to figure out the ending in your own mind and to decide on what that ending will be. And you say, well, this is what really happened. And you just you say it with authority and you mean it and, and you have your reasons for it. Sometimes it's that. Sometimes it's you intersect your life with somebody's actual like, life story and you realize that that story is not finished and it needs a resolution. It's reached a bit of a climax. It's reached a bit of a, a crisis and you need to get involved. Um, this is... I think maybe part of where Mark's at. There's something that needs to be done. And we've all had those moments where you walk in and you realize that, man, you're in the middle of something and you've got to do something about it. It, it, it happens to all of us. I remember on our big out west trip, our family, we were driving um, out west. We went to California and drove through Colorado. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we were driving through some of the mountain roads there in Colorado. And if you've ever driven in the, like, the mountains of Colorado, then you know that uh, if you're not on like, the interstate, there's very limited options for you to get off the road. Like You can go into the mountain or you can go off the mountain because on one side is air, the other side is rock, and then you have a few lanes. And that's all that you have to deal with. And so we're driving through the family, um, the three kids, Jenny and I, we're in there, and all of a sudden this, this ambulance 
comes up behind us, just like an angry hornet, just rolls in behind us, lights, sirens, horn, you know, it's going, it, it is trying to get someplace quickly, we are in the way, but we can't go in the other lane, because, you know, who knows what's coming around the corner, and so we're just driving, I, I pick up the pace just a little bit, because I'm like, clearly we need to get someplace fast, you know, so eventually it opens up one of those three lanes, where you get the passing lane, and so I moved over to the right lane, I was getting over, so that way this ambulance could pass, and it just blows past me, and as it does, one of the doors comes open and one of the ambulance checks like grabs a hold of it really quickly and you can see just enough inside to know that something is happening desperately in there and this guy gets a hold of the door and as he does like it's like you know he turns a little bit and this cooler slides out this like little like lunchbox cooler just slides right out and he closes the door and he didn't notice and I'm like what has just happened like something somebody needs to do something that somebody is me so we we pull off onto the shoulders best we can I get out, I'm looking not to get hit by a car, and I see one of those, you know, those little, those cooler lunch boxes, you know, where that handle thing, like, it's got to be up, you know, for it to be locked, and it's down, and it opens, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, so I pull the, it's all scratched and beat up, because it's messed on the road. I lift it up, and inside's a bunch of ice, and a Ziploc bag, and there is a toe in the bag. I had to do something. I was compelled to act. I see on your face, you're like, you want to know. You don't want me to leave it hanging like that. I called the tow truck. <laughs> did you see what I did there? I called the tow truck. It's not a real, some of you are like, what's a tow truck? It's not a real story, it's a joke. It's one of my favorite jokes, the tow truck joke. Man, I won't be able to tell it for 10 years here now, but it's coming back, don't you worry. I love telling that story because as you tell it, people are like, they're leaning in and they're like, on ice and then you just leave it and then you're like what did you do and then you look at him with all seriousness and he's saying I called the tow truck and then they realize they've been got oh it's the best story but I love telling it because it you have to do something you can't just leave that ending you can't leave the toe in the middle of the road you gotta have some sort of conclusion that's how it is unfinished endings compel us to do something. And Mark leaves the resurrection unended because the resurrection is a story that we get to finish. We get to finish the story of the resurrection. That's the beautiful part of this. You know, Mark leaves us unended because he wants us to do something. He wants it to capture our imagination. He wants us to be consumed with the story of the resurrection, and he wants it to change our lives. You see, here's the thing. I believe that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is a literal historical event that, yes, Jesus died. His heart stopped beating. He stopped breathing, and he was buried. And that three days later, he rose from the dead. And because he did that, we're going to go with whatever he says because he's the only one who has. I believe in the historical truth of the resurrection because the disciples all went to their graves and even faced death because of it because we don't know where his body is and don't you think we would by now? There's so many reasons in my mind to believe in the resurrection as a historical fact, but don't let that stop you from realizing that it is also a present reality. It is a historical fact, but it is a present reality in our life, and it should reorder the way that we live. The story of Jesus Christ as it intersects with our story should change our story because God has given us the greatest honor of ever, which is he has partnered with us 
to help finish the story of the resurrection. And so the question for all of us is, how does that go? What does that look like? How does it end for you? Now, some of you, you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, and you're thinking, man, I really need to do that, and, and yes, you do. And let me tell you, you can give your life to Jesus Christ any moment. You could do it today even. You know, you come with dry hair, you leave with wet because you're saying, man, I want to be baptized and give my life to Jesus Christ. That is always a possibility. Others of you, though, you've believed in Jesus Christ and you've given your life to him, but you haven't lived like it. You know, like you view Jesus' resurrection as a historical fact, but not a present reality. It doesn't change the way you live, you know, Monday through Saturday. It doesn't order your life in a way that it probably should. It hasn't captured your imagination because you don't give it much thought. And so the question is, what are you going to do about that? Today is the day you could say, man, you know what? I'm, I'm going to allow it to do that. I'm going to allow it to capture my imagination. I'm going to partner with God to finish this story. I'm going to stop living as though I didn't believe it, and I'm going to start living as though I did. I'm going to start talking about Jesus. You know, some people are like, like, what does that look like? It's real simple. It's like, you know, hey, I went to church Sunday, and we celebrated the resurrection, and it was amazing. That's a great starter. That's a great place to begin a conversation about Jesus Christ. So what are you going to do? How does the story end for you? This morning as the worship team comes out, I want you to think about that. And some of you, as we sing the song of praise, you're going to praise God for the resurrection, and for the way it has changed your life, and that is going to be amazing and good. Others of you, you might have a decision to make. I'm going to be sitting over here. I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to talk to you about that. I'll be outside after service. You can contact us. Don't let the day go by, though, I would say, without saying, man, what am I going to do about this? How is this story going to change my life? Others of you, you just need some time with God, perhaps, to, to think, man, what, God, help me start over. You know, we've started kind of doing this thing where we leave the baptistry open. You can put your hands in there, kind of symbolically washing them off and saying, God, I want to start over fresh and new this week. If that's you, we invite you to come forward. But here's what we don't want to have happen. We don't want the story to not capture our imaginations and change our lives. Mark left it unfinished for a reason. He wants us to finish it with him. Why don't you stand? We're going to sing.